Hello and welcome to the first episode of Everybody Dances in All Summer. I took the summer off to work less and to nurture myself and my loved ones and enjoy my favorite season. But I'm so glad to have Kara, my friend and colleague, join me on this new episode. Kara is an art therapist with an extensive creative background, visual arts background, and we chat about the population she works with, what kinds of interventions she's found are most effective, and her therapeutic practice. Thank you for joining and listening and spread and share the word about creative arts therapies in the mental health workplace. We need artists and musicians and dancers and creators in our mental health world helping those who really need it and please do enjoy this episode thank you hi Kara. hi Beth. how are you i'm good how are you doing i'm good it's been a busy morning but everything's good <laughs> Good, good. Well, welcome to Everybody Dances podcast. I'm so honored to have you on. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I recorded an episode, and I can't think of a more lovely guest to have on to uh, revive the podcast. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. I'm excited to help you revive it. I know summer's been like so busy and a lot of things happening so yeah just like not putting too much pressure to produce as much Mm -hmm. at least on my end um but yeah we're back (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so tell us um who you are where you hail from and if you want um how old you are but you don't have to and when did you (laughs) and when did you first know you belonged in a creative or helping profession cool so yeah my name I am originally from New Jersey so not too far from the city um I'm 33 years young I guess and um what drew me to art um, and kind of the profession of helping people, I really, um, I think in like high school, it was one of those things where trying to like focus on strengths. I always like really loved art, but never knew that I could necessarily be a career beyond graphic design (laughs) or like something where it's a little more desk oriented and like product oriented um but Mm -hmm. I had a great art teacher in high school who was like really helping to motivate us and show us that art can go 
a multitude of ways for careers and just to kind of be flexible and adaptable. And there was like this old book and it had to be from like, I want to say the eighties maybe, but it was just like careers in the arts. And I took a look through it and I had found art therapy and I had never heard of it before, but I felt like it really drew me in with just like the way to help people and how the arts are super healing even if you might not necessarily think so in the beginning because I think when I like in high school it was like a lot of like okay make your portfolio like try and market yourself and try to like really show your strengths in order to get into college so I was like oh well this career seems really cool and really interesting and no offense to people that have backgrounds in graphic design or anything I never really wanted to necessarily be like at a desk mainly I more so wanted to be out there helping people like I've always been kind of interested in getting to know others and like hearing about people's backgrounds and their stories so I figured it would be a cool career and then yeah. And then ever since then, I've just really been driven towards it and kind of carving my own path in the field. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So what elements would you say in your daily life bring you back to your creativity? Like what fills your cup? What fills my cup? I would have to say... um I mean, just being an artist and being able to kind of view the world through that of like finding the beauty in everything or at least trying to. Um, And I think even in like being creative in terms of like living in New York City and just really feeling at home amongst like such a good environment for creativity and appreciation Mm -hmm. of the arts has really been great um and then I'd say in the day-to-day at work it's been really nice to find and um kind of connect with different clients that are more artistically inclined and even those that might not necessarily like believe in their creative abilities but to kind of speak with them and show them like to be able to see things through a creative lens and to be able to be like, well, like you might not necessarily think that this is creative, but you were able to kind of use these materials or like use this or do this in order to really like create something new. Um, And I think a lot of the times people really doubt that they're creative, but in this kind of environment, yeah it's like a lot of the times the way that you survive is by being creative so just like kind of bringing that out and showing people their strengths in that so and do you have um an art therapist or an artist who you've always taken with you like as a great influence in your work um artists that I've taken with me in my work um it's really sad, but <laughs> I really enjoyed the work of Chuck Close. Um, and then his problematic past kind of came to fruition. So 
not so much him anymore um but that was a lot of like what I kind of drew like I just really loved his like photorealism and his kind of way that he was able to adapt when he was um wheelchair bound and really still create these like impressive pieces of art unfortunately there was Ooh, uh, tell us about that I don't know anything about him if you feel like yeah, it <laughs> yeah of course um I think his work is visible it's on the Q train line I want to say it's like the 82nd street station um but yeah he was like he's hyper photorealistic artists with these like huge huge like large-scale paintings of um, himself and people that were really close to him um, and they were just so impressive and really just like breathtaking um, and then I believe he got into a car accident and was wheelchair bound um, so he mm. began to utilize painting with a grid and some of his works are really just spectacular they he had a studio i want to say in like long beach new york i'm sorry i'm like a little rusty on him because uh yeah once everything kind of unfortunately there were things about um i think like studio assistants where he was not appropriate with them Unfortunately, that tarnished uh, that tarnished a bit of my um, like trying to separate the art from the artist. But unfortunately, in that kind of situation, you can't always do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, he he was able to kind of adapt, and he created this kind of like um, like almost I don't guess it was kind of like an elevating platform to help him like move the wheelchair up and to be able to like paint in these grids. Um, and yeah, it was some really impressive and beautiful works. And I just thought how he was able to kind of adapt through his disability and still create these beautiful pieces and also like just really develop as an artist in this new way of creating was really amazing. Um, and he would also, I've had friends that have went to different art schools in undergrad. He would have a lot of like studio tours and everything. So I also thought that that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he passed away, I think a couple of years ago. And unfortunately with everything that came out with like the Me Too movement, um, yeah, there were people that came forward with allegations of his inappropriate con um comments and behavior so <laughs> but, oh yeah that's yeah that's tough that's tough, yeah especially when he probably was in his prime like people never thought that it would um end that way for him yeah yeah and I think I mean I'm sure there's a lot of stories about male artists and kind of this position of power and doing it possibly to other like female like I think with him it might have been like studio assistants or something like that um or even like models and things like that so yeah it, I think it's like a common not I don't want to say a common thing but there are often stories about that amongst different artists throughout history I'd say so yeah yeah so 
yeah I um yeah I don't know sorry to be like you no I was thinking about that like um yeah just thinking about that if you wanted to comment on that like in your own experience um you know just as an artist or like maybe witnessing different power dynamics in a clinical setting or in a group setting how you've been able to um, navigate that like go you know that's a good I'm trying to weave that into maybe the next next next, um, maybe conversation about how you your style of leading groups yeah yeah Yeah. um I mean usually the population that we have more so skews like a higher percentage of males um and groups of just like 15 men in the room where it's just me yeah so I think there is a lot with just I don't know being a female therapist with like a number of male clients and just kind of navigating that appropriate boundaries and also maintaining um like the therapeutic relationship in a safe way um and just yeah there's a lot with that because sometimes I've noticed just if someone says one inappropriate comment there might be like a couple others ganging (laughs) ganging up um and kind of echoing the same things but just like always staying kind of true to who you are and like establishing those appropriate boundaries and letting them know that you are a therapist I think sometimes what (laughs) what helps is uh kind of giving them possibly like okay so if you want to kind of you're saying these inappropriate things but like you know that I am like part of your treatment team and I am one of your therapists and I don't know one time I used the anecdote of like would you ever hit on your dentist like that you know and it kind of is like oh okay like trying to put that into perspective because sometimes just as younger females in the field um it might not always lead to people unfortunately taking you seriously but uh just being firm in who you are and knowing that you you are like a capable therapist regardless what your gender or sex is um do you think helps. it's the the modality of art that skews the it's a it's because it's a blurry line right like there mm-hmm. we're t- we're trying to promote a sense of um well-being and creativity and all these to cope with mental distress and then you know maybe they like do take it too far I don't know could you give us an example of like maybe some of the hardest thing a patient has ever said to you yeah um I think in terms of like like oh I haven't done this since like grade school like sometimes when you're like 
presenting directives or like encouraging people to like utilize a material that they might not have used um and yeah just kind of like reaffirming the boundaries and also just like establishing the like therapeutic relationship of like I feel like sometimes presenting art too might um kind of make people think back to when they were in grade school or middle school um just because some people might not necessarily have the access to the arts so that can also maybe bring about like the I don't know the inappropriate behaviors or the inappropriate comments um maybe the regression too yeah like it's exactly um so yeah just always establishing that like I am your therapist I am part of your treatment team like comments like that aren't really appropriate um I always try to either do it like there's like I don't know I don't not one to like publicly say it in front of a group but usually I'll just like pull someone aside and let them know or say something after group but like never necessarily engage with the inappropriate comments or the negative comments about the art materials or what's being presented um and yeah just kind of having no real because sometimes I feel like things are also said in order to evoke a reaction or like like kind of testing and pushing those boundaries so usually um just right yeah just like moving on past the subject and then kind of addressing it later I found has kind of been the most beneficial or just kind of seeing because most of the time if or at least just in my experience it's if I don't engage or say anything um usually it'll be kibosh um unless if it's something that continues to happen or is like very inappropriate I'll ask them to maybe take a break from group um but I feel like that has not necessarily been the case um in the most part um so yeah and who is mostly the population that you work with um it's mostly males uh 18 and up I'd say um they have a variety of diagnoses and just like a varying background. Some are domiciled, some are homeless. Um, and yeah, for the most, and then also sometimes we get um, people from different backgrounds too. So also it might be a cultural thing as well, like not necessarily looking to women as professionals or kind of um professionals or people that are in the workforce could be something that's in their background or culture um so that's also kind of navigating through that too and like respecting that but also mm-hmm. establishing that's not the case here so yeah yeah and yeah thank you for sharing that that's I mean I haven't I don't think I've been in a room with 15 men um with so many different backgrounds that could probably feel like a lot to juggle yeah yeah it is um and then I don't know I like 
for the most part, I just want to really promote um, like inclusion. And I find sometimes the thing that benefits a lot of these people the most is socialization and getting to know other people because just possibly either through their diagnosis or just through like where they are in life like they might not necessarily have that much interaction with people uh so mm -hmm. i find that just kind of creating like a safe inclusive space for people to get to know one another and also to feel like they are being heard and like making connections um is really important to kind of developing the group dynamics so I, I've been finding that a lot more too, especially summer of 2022. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot more um, isolation, needing to reintegrate into society and bring yeah. people back to each other and, you know, literally bounce off of each other and reflect off of each other because I mean, that's, I think that's the silver lining of being admitted into an inpatient unit is you get to feel like you're part of a community again. Mm -hmm. like you, get, you get that taste again and it could be inspiring for the future. Yeah, for sure. And I really do feel like, yeah, even just like kind of building that like encouragement of like, okay, like you've been making really great connections, you've been doing really great in groups, like, and then hopefully transitioning, if there's like outpatient referrals, like thinking about partial programs or like pros programs, just something to kind of get them more involved in the community. I think that really helps in order to also ensure that not only do they have a safe space to go to, but like, can help in order to like ensure less or less hospitalizations or less needs to present to the emergency room just like kind of wanting to really encourage them to find these connections in the community through like referrals and everything that we can give to them so yeah amen absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and of course, it's always like if there's space available and all that stuff. But in an ideal world, like helping them to kind of transition to like an outpatient program where they can also continue to utilize like the socialization skills and just like m means of connection with others that can kind of ensure their or hope for their success in the future. Yes, and even more so if they have a creative arts therapy program in these mm -hmm. outpatient places, which we need more of. If anyone's listening to this and they yeah. you know, wonder why people, you know, go in and out of the hospital or they see, see a lot of, I don't know, decline of, of people in New York City and violence in New York City. It's because mm. we don't have enough accessible art programs. Yeah, I totally agree. my opinion. <laughs> I second yeah. that opinion. And I think there's like a lot to, or a lot of what I've been hearing um, from people, especially like in the past two years was 
I used to go to blank program. It was really helpful for me, but since the pandemic, either everything's been online or like I have to register to like drop in and there's nothing available, but like kind of missing that human connection in the outpatient programs. Um, and I feel like there were probably a bunch of different, I mean, cause obviously with visual arts, uh, you can do online groups and they're great, but a lot of what people really enjoy is the connection and like the studio and getting to like explore different materials and like talk with people and even just kind of having that. Like we had a patient once who went, I believe it was called like the Arts Collective and he was with us in January of this. Um, so that was like right when Omicron was kind of in full swing. It was like everything was either, I don't want to say shutting down, but I think like a lot of places maybe put a brief pause. And yeah, he said like it was bringing him like March and April of 2020 when everything was shutting down and he was just having like a really difficult time. Um, and he kind of realized that he was not like decompensating. So he came to us and luckily we were able to kind of get back in touch with his outpatient program who like welcomed him back with like open arms, was so happy to hear that he was okay and safe. And yeah, it was like really just like a beautiful transition and he I'm I hope he continues to do well because he was someone that was like such a creative like amazing visual artist and just thinking about like how programs like that like really resonate with people and help to like enhance their their lives and also just really support yeah. them so so yeah we need more of that I 100% 1000% agree <laughs> Yeah, so that sounds lights you up. Like that is your motivation at work, or yeah. what would you say? It's something like another, uh, another addition as well. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I'd say finding those creative souls, and I, a lot of the times, like right now, I'm thinking of there's. A client we have who's so just like such a great writer, such a great poet, such a great singer, like writes all these lyrics. Um, and he keeps kind of speaking about how out in the community he feels so alone. He's like, like, and he's just such like a creative, beautiful mind. And mm -hmm. I was speaking with him about like, have you ever gone to any poetry slams? Have you ever like kind of found these like groups out, out like out in the community? And he's like, I've done them like in a different state, but I've never done them in New York. So I proposed the idea. And this is like drawing to, trying to draw to his strengths and also like further his creative growth and like trying to organize like a poetry slam with him for this week that he could kind of be like the MC, but like maybe doing like a couple of sessions of like poetry workshops where he can help others out. And then like, we'll have like a whole presentation. So just like really trying to, I find that like things like that, like fostering that creativity and like 
really highlighting those strengths that you might have, whether it's like written, visual arts, like music, dance, and like just really wanting to put the client in the facilitator role or, as long as they feel yeah. comfortable. Like as long right. as they feel like the driver's seat of their own yeah. life. Yeah. And just like obviously not wanting to pressure them into doing anything that they might feel uncomfortable with doing, but just wanting to really like help them to find their voice and to also show how like they can continue with this, like in the community and just with that kind of like passion and just like knowing that they have such a gift, you know? So it's oh, like just really wanting you give them such confidence yeah and I think that's something that's like so important too so I don't in my graduate program um it was very rigid but like it was great like um but it's funny because I always think about like oh if they could see me now like doing different like art because it was very like rigid it would be like okay like only visual arts only directives like blah, blah, blah. and there was something that they had that was like one of their uh suggestions I guess but it was very firmly planted in our brains was to never compliment the work like you could compliment uh... like yeah like vaguely compliment be like oh that's a very interesting like color palette you cho chose and I'm just like um he here I've kind of just like completely thrown that out the window because I feel like a lot of the times these people have never gotten like positive regard or any kind of I mean a lot of the times they might not have ever really had anyone like trying to bolster their self-esteem or like really kind of telling them their strengths or complimenting them or like just kind of giving them like those feelings of like I can do this like I have I believe in myself and like so hey even if there's someone that like did a beautiful coloring sheet and they show it to me I'm like that's amazing work you know it's like with yeah with with the more like feelings of like self-esteem and like pride that someone has I really believe that that helps to like encourage the creativity and the creative spirit yeah so I don't know I'm <laughs> I'm you, always did you ever get to up. the bottom of why your graduate said don't compliment people I think it's part of the like therapist wanting to be unbiased and like kind of that like never necessarily wanting to like lean towards a certain way or like seeming like you favor someone because of their skills but and also, I don't, it was just very, <laughs> it's just very rigid. And I find here, like actually working with the population, like that might, I can see how if you have an ind individual client in like private practice, yeah. that might be more like a better kind of advice to give. But um, here where it's kind of people are still rehabilitating and like just really finding 
their place and their way, not only on the unit, but also in society. Um, yeah, I will compliment and try to really like highlight your strengths and really make sure that you still have the drive and the self-esteem to continue coming to groups and hopefully continue doing artwork outside of the hospital. So I'm the same way. I, I will be so excited. I mean, my, my population is a little bit different. I'll be so excited if someone finishes, completes mm -hmm. a coloring page. That's something to celebrate. Just having yeah. that, um, that inner you know, motivation, that, that desire to complete something that's um, positive is, yeah. is a really definitely a place to uh praise and i guess when we think about ego i think it's important to have some ego that's functioning mm -hmm. and yeah. that comes from receiving um positive positive regard i think from mm -hmm. someone who is um someone who's helping you carve out a new pathway for yourself. Yeah. 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 I 100% agree. <laughs> it's probably yeah. why I've had to scale back on and it, like whenever someone wants to hang something on our wall, I always have like a soft spot for that. Like also to the point where I've definitely had to edit down some like take down Aww, some stuff yeah. once people have been gone for a couple months. But yeah, even just <laughs> like, months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, l less than yes. that, I'm just trying to see. <laughs> no, I but love yeah, that. it's, it's like having some sense of pride and like wanting to display what you've done and your accomplishment. Like, I always love that and support that. So, so important. Mm -hmm. So Kara, how do you decompress at the end of the day for anyone who's listening <laughs> and they are maybe just starting out as an art therapist working full time? Like what are some tips and tricks of the trade to help you um, unwind when you're not serving the population? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll talk about myself like a year or so ago because I think that's <laughs> that's better than what I'm doing now which I'll also talk about but um yeah I used to come home and I would do yoga or I would just try to kind of if it was a nice day like take a longer walk um and see some friends if schedule permitted uh but yeah just kind of <laughs> wanting to completely disconnect I think it's always important to have and I think this is something that's also I mean obviously we take our work with us wherever we go just in like caring about others and caring for our clients and thinking about them but in terms of like work responsibilities it's nice that we do have that kind of clean break so just trying to like continue on with that and just like engaging in any kind of like self-care or just like exercise like motivating kind of things to help clear the mind a little bit more especially on the days where it's been tougher um 
but <laughs> unfortunately yeah. Uh, yeah recently I've just been kind of even going <laughs> I've just been I don't know browsing my phone watching trash tv um but yeah I think when I've been able to do more physical activity that has definitely helped either like before or after work it's kind of good for like a nice like brain cleanse um but yeah Yeah. as a dance movement therapist I love to hear it yeah I like (laughs) really need to yeah I really need to get back into doing yoga but I've got I've gotten like hooked on these trash tv shows so I have good intentions once they're all once the seasons are all done I think everything is good in um you know in moderation or like if you if it really just lights you up and you know hey we work really really hard so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that you're allowed to do whatever you, you know you need to do to uh, yeah disengage yeah yeah I think sometimes watching like very like what's comparatively silly drama on like reality tv shows compared to like because we deal with a lot of heavy stuff and a lot of trauma a lot of just like do you believe that we sorry go ahead no you go ahead another question about trauma do you believe that we absorb sometimes the um the traumatic energy from our patients when we're in sessions with them I'd say so yeah and I think just kind of like there have been times where I noticed especially and I feel like you'll like this being a dance movement therapy but just like being really aware of how my body like might tense up or feel sometimes um either the way that someone either when someone's sharing something or just like kind of seeing how they are and kind of knowing their background or just like yeah like I'm definitely kind of able to like feel it too um and yeah I think we we take on a lot of the trauma either consciously or subconsciously for sure um just because it is a lot and it is very heavy stuff and it's something where like I wish I could be like oh okay like well brighter you know like brighter days are ahead it's like that's not always something that you can say unfortunately um yeah and it's something that you always wish that you can and you wish that you can help everyone or that there was a magic pill that would just like make everything better or that like I don't know right. society would just be completely different and like welcoming and encouraging for everyone and that everyone can kind of get on their feet and like continue to really feel secure and appreciated and just have their basic needs met but unfortunately that's not what we live in um and yeah there are definitely some cases where it's just like I wish you know it's like you take on a lot of that because you do feel bad but and especially just like 
if someone is discharged and you just like I mean obviously it's termination and everything but just like hoping the best for them and that they kind of take whatever coping skills or whatever kind of connections that they've made and they're able to continue on in their lives with that and yeah but yeah I wish we did have that magic like I mean it's just it's so it's so multi-layered right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the stigma and the opportunities and everything is so few and far between for for Mm -hmm. people we work with so it's really like I, I agree with you that we absorb it and we hold it and then it's up to us to, which is why also we need more funding for yeah. our self-care um, to release everything and so we could keep working because if we're not going to do it, then who else is going to? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I really, and like you're saying with funding it's like very unfortunate that we can't always give everyone what they need in terms of like food shelter all that are met here but sometimes there are people that like I don't know like even just thinking about like we have a patient that came from a private hospital And they're like, oh, well, at this hospital, everyone, like, you could sign out tablets. And I'm like, oh, well, we have, like, headphones for music listening that work sometimes. You know, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, like, I I wish there was more funding. I wish there was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just keep on keeping on with, like, working with you can only do the best with what you have, but in terms of materials and the environment, but I'd say like some, I mean, obviously the employees here are some of the best people that they can meet in terms of like mental health professionals and we always have their best interests in heart and their safety at heart. So <laughs> we really make, I, I don't want to like, I mean, continuing to toot our own horns, but yeah, we really do make the experience. We might not have the iPads, but we will have I know. <laughs> to do more and be more real and passionate. Yeah. And- share our knowledge <laughs> yeah and I'll play your song requests and I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll take you to the library it's like just yeah trying to make that we can for them and I think it really shows when there's just more programming and there's more um just opportunities for them to kind of socialize and get to know one another and like a safe therapeutic space which is our groups and just any way to like promote that in the milieu so yeah so amazing I want to know where do you think art therapy is going to go in the future do you think or where are some 
dream situations you see art therapy and creative arts therapies going like if it's let's say you know in the next five ten years yeah um it's kind of so I would want honestly um and it's kind of like a double-edged sword almost because unfortunately arts and music and dance and all these other like really great outlets where kids really thrive and enjoy and learn so much from um those things are kind of (laughs) cut but um just kind of thinking to like I wonder if some of our clients like if they had art therapy or music therapy or like dance movement therapists in their school like so kind of having that like as part of their like foundation yeah and and then so it's something that they like recognize and like grow comfortable with and know more about and then like that would obviously prove more awareness and hopefully like a broader reach so maybe like I don't know because you just I don't know I'm just thinking about like schools and how hopefully everyone who like gets either a public or a private education um that's like where the mind is the most like malleable and just like having something that you grow up with and just like are comfortable with um and then like bringing that into your adult life like expanding the field in that way so because like right now it's like people might not like I think with being in New York and how it is such a creative environment and such like a liberal and like I don't know just like open to more in this like in the city um so it might be a little more uh recognized here versus like I don't know somewhere where there's not as many resources or like it's a little more rural um but yeah like just one day hoping that like art therapy and all well all the creative arts therapies would be more so recognized and like a real option for like therapy and something that's recognized and taken by insurances you know it's like okay um because I know there's been a lot of like I find with um mental health there's some stigma against therapy especially in different cultures it's like oh well if you have a therapist then like you can't handle your emotions or like oh that means that like you're crazy or you're a lunatic or something but Mm -hmm. for something where even with like dance movement it's like some people might not like it's an I don't want to say it's a sneaky way to do therapy, but like same with art therapy, you know, people like kind of open up more when they're more engaged in the creative process and they don't even necessarily know it. Just like 
things that we're kind of able to recognize and have a conversation about and like getting their insight into that like it really brings about so much of a deeper connection that they might not even know which is like always so great with like preparing art directives and stuff and it's like oh well like if they could talk about their art through this way they kind of even though they might feel like a little more detached because it's like oh well I'm just talking about my product then it's like yeah but through their verbalization of it they might not realize like that they're kind of able to discuss things that have been going on in their lives or like different ways that they cope or different stressors that they're dealing with like it's a nice little un like uh, like I know what you mean uh, yeah like I'm a, like I don't want to it's a humanistic honest. yeah it's mm-hmm. like it's not like it's not um elitist yeah like some um some psychodynamic theories or CBT or DBT mm-hmm. where the goal is to make everyone be sane and be clear and be mm-hmm. this and that and like disregard their culture and you know white supremacy and we are mm-hmm. like meeting people where they're at embracing their heritage and their families and helping them accept what might have happened to them without like completely whitewashing what happened yeah exactly and yeah Yeah. I think I think our therapies are really beneficial and really important and also like could be such a great way to reach such a broader audience rather than just your traditional like like you're saying your traditional kind of white supremacy like like okay you need well first you need insurance and then you need this and then you need to even like it's all these things that like the arts are very humanizing like while there might be some hesitation at times towards different things like because feeling like you can't necessarily do it or you're not necessarily the best I really feel in all of the creative arts therapy fields it's like it's never about being an expert it's never about being the best or it's never about like like okay well if you're not successful or if you haven't been like classically trained in this it's more so like no just join in like if it's a group like just come like create alongside us and if it's an individual session it's just meeting the person I mean and also in the groups too but just like meeting everyone where they're at and letting them know that any kind of creative expression is great it'll never be judged it'll never be critiqued it's more so being able to express yourself through creativity so yeah I feel like even even just having them show up is like I just want to be like I love you, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I know. the fact that you're like here and you're sitting in the chair and you're dropping all of your um, you know, your own preconceived notions of what this is like. That's 
like you're a star (laughs) yeah I I totally agree I totally agree and it's always like those little wins too like if there's a person that hasn't been coming to groups and then all of a sudden they come to group and even if they're only there for like 10 minutes and they do the tiniest little bit of the activity it's like that is awesome like you are making such great progress just for even showing up you know so that should always be celebrated and yeah I definitely those are some of like the highs of my days I would say it's like yeah just becoming more and more like just wanting to create like a welcoming environment and then once that's actually kind of felt by the person where they let their guard down or they finally like take the step into the room it's like the best thing so yeah and do you have any any um interpretation like what the name of this podcast means to you everybody dances um this is my new question that I'm testing out. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like, I don't know. I'm a terrible dancer. I'm like, literally, I'm no, no, no. I know. But I would still do dance movement therapy. But um, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I think it's just everyone dancing in their own way. You know, it's like the same way that everyone kind of has their own path. It's like, all of life is kind of a dance, you know, it's just how yes. you kind of adapt and move around things. And it doesn't have to be per- perfectly choreographed or anything, but yeah, just really creating your own kind of dance and way through life. Yeah, absolutely. I I absolutely love that and um, thank you so much for sharing and calling in and uh, being completely awesome as usual. Oh thanks for having me and thanks for you being completely awesome as usual. (laughs) This is this is a lot of fun and yeah I really love these kind of conversations because they're really motivating so I feel pretty great (laughs) they're meant to happen we're we're meant to collaborate so Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're here I'll talk to you soon talk to you soon thanks for having me okay have a beautiful day you too bye